Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Randy Herbertson. Randy is is a recognized brand strategist, conceptor, and creative director with over 20 years of marketing and innovation experience in the client agency and media worlds from entrepreneurial to corporate environments. More recently, Randy is working in the boutique agency world owning and operating two firms, including the visual brand, which he founded in 2013. He also has strong experience in social media, digital innovation, packaging, industrial, and environmental design. He is also a corporate mentor to a number of emerging companies and individuals. So this is going to be a great conversation today. Randy, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. So um, there was a lot of detail in that intro, right? Where you've been involved in a, you know in a lot of projects. I was stalking some of the uh, some of the portfolio items that you had on the website. You've worked with some really big names. Can you please take a few minutes to just tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure thing. So I guess the uh, the common thread through all this is that I've been in sort of the innovation field uh, my my whole career, really, starting even on the corporate end where I was working on new products and services, um, and that's really essentially what we do today. So uh, with, with larger clients, we're working usually with the innovation teams that those exist or marketing people. And then we do work with uh, smaller companies that are usually starting out uh, or at a very early stage of their business and that need more things basically from us. But as such, I guess the theme is that is that it's something new. It's not just give me another version of what I already have, but if I'm an apple, how do I become an orange or could I become an orange? Things like that. And then that crosses into the service area really a lot of times where it's really about uh, creating uh, communication and simplicity out of an idea. Um, and we, as a result, information design is a big practice area for us as well because that is actually something infographics, information design that um, goes really important in communicating to audiences. Amazing, amazing stuff. So, uh, you know, one of the things that we were talking about during the pre-show is that actually our our journeys to, you know, to building our companies are rather similar. Like I've told this story before how I've gotten fired from so many jobs already. And finally, I was just like, God, I'm going to do this myself and, you know, just make myself unemployable. How was that journey for you? In terms of like, you know, like when you go into a corporate environment and you're working for somebody and then you're like, you know something, I should be doing this for myself. How did that like how did that manifest itself in your world? Well, it very similarly, I kind of kind of had the epiphany when I said, you know, I'm doing this and I could, you know, why should I do this uh, for someone else? But I could do it for myself. Obviously, corporate politics and everything are always something you deal with when you're working, particularly with a bigger company. And so I just, you know, made that jump up decision, you know, about uh, 15 years ago when I said, uh, it's time to do it on my own. And uh, fortunately, I had relationships and 
started businesses, uh, started business right away. The one big thing, you know, the two big things, number one is when you do that, you realize there's a lot of things you don't know how to do. I'm not an accountant. I wasn't a salesperson. Um, and you learned how to do all these things as a private business person. But what also you get to do is do it the way you want to do it. And that was sort of the key in the innovation world is that there are a lot of firms that do the right brain or the left brain. They're the strategic part of the business or the creative part of the business, not often really at a high level on both. And that was sort of my goal is to create a company that really brought both those things together at a high level. And that's essentially what we've done. You know, one of the things that's that is intensely interesting for me is that I've done some work for several advertising agencies, right? And I always go into these environments basically in awe on how you can come up with such a creative, unique and innovative design pitch, you know, the whole around marketing plan, you know, when someone comes in and it's usually, you know, it, it, it can also be quite random, right? Because you don't necessarily choose your clients who come in, right? Unless you're, you know, super, super niche and super boutique. But, you know, just the creative juices that need to go in and, uh, you know, create something out of nothing or even just, you know, like with that little bit of impetus. Uh, you know, let's talk about that. Part of what your one big tip is, is how to embed creative thinking into your, you know, into your DNA. How do I actually make it come out? How does that come out in your environment? I mean, and more importantly, how do you teach that to other members of your team that can also, you know, so that they can also benefit from that process in order to deliver a great product for the next client that's paying you to do it? So for starters, I would tell you that uh, every great idea has a great strategic backbone somehow. And the strategic backbone really informs the creative process and vice versa. So that's actually job one is that, uh, and frankly, what that does that I say a lot is that creates a common language language between you and your client, because if you've agreed on where things are coming from and the strategic backbone, then you can really then find, give good feedback and guide good creative work. And so, I mean, there are instances where a creative idea brilliantly came out of nowhere and, you know, and it works, but usually it has something behind it. So that's number one. And so even with my teams, are my teams that do those parts work day to day very, very closely together and they're not separate. And really one leads to the other. Um, the creative thinking DNA really is something that I've you know worked on for a number of years. And it's really how to identify how your creative brain works, even when you're not doing something creative, honestly, and how to identify how other people's creative brains work so you can work together basically, because it's the old classic one plus one equals three. You know, if we both complement each other and do things um, and understand how we, our brains work, then we, we build a better product. So how does that work? That Like, how do you actually implement that? Right. So, you know, on one level, you're talking about like, we're doing this study to see strategically, what is the client looking for? What is the, uh, you know, do they actually have a product that's worth buying? For example, how do you then take that and shape it into something that's actually presented? you know, to the rest of the world and that basically people will understand even in like a comp like a complex industry. So gets in one of my other biases is that, you know, as a brand manager, I spent lots of time creating tomes of brand manuals that said a lot of words and had a lot of fancy things in them, but weren't really usable. So it's again about keeping things very tight, simple, iterative, and streamlined. And so that's essentially what our strategic backbone is. It's very iterative. It starts really from what we call, a, you know, the uh, the motivational drivers. Uh, you're, and there's usually like four to six of those. And that leads through to your constituents and then to your brand proposition. And then ultimately 
into your, your brand vocabulary. But the way it really works is that they're iterative. One leads to the next. In actually building those, you sometimes go backwards and forwards because you realize things aren't working. But at the end, you have a simple 12-page document that basically guides everything you do. And then this is, a, again, we usually do this very in tandem with our clients and they're a part of the process. And so at the end, we have a common language. So we're, we understand where it came from and how it delivers. Even like things like the brand, we have a brand personality ladder, which is bladders back to what are your functional emotional drivers and then at the end your brand vocabulary is also your communication code these are words that fit into your drivers that speak to your constituency that live under the umbrella of your brand proposition so it doesn't take a novel to do that and at the end we literally are referring to that all the time we're presenting something creatively and they go yeah and this is how it fits within who we are Okay, and a brand personality, this is how it's going to speak to this audience and why it's going to speak to this audience. And so it becomes a really nice way to not only develop the work, but also to present the work and uh, to also have the client give you feedback against the work. So in the, in the perfect world, and it usually works this way, the client will then use that also and to give feedback. We'll say, you know what? One of our drivers is this. And it's, Tell me how this is really working with this idea. How is that really delivering that? And we can communicate against that. Amazing, amazing stuff. Can you please go through, you know, some kind of example of how you walk through that process with the client? Like, you know, like maybe a quick story of how they came to you and how they were disjointed and then how you were able to shape that into something successful for them? Yeah, an example I like to use a lot was a, a brand that I won't actually name, but in the cosmetic industry, I would say a mid-sized brand. And you know, the cosmetic industry, of course, is proliferate with lots of different brands with a lot of different things. This particular brand had a couple things about them. They were very eco. They also uh, were using a certain kind of uh, illustration a lot in their work long before we had started. And we realized, you know, for instance, one of the big drivers for them was fun. That seems a very simple thing, but fun is not a common word in the makeup world. People take themselves very, very seriously. And so that was a very, very critical word uh, within their drivers. And that became really a unifying driving force for everything we did. So um, uh, we were able to use those things together really, really well. And as a result, really be able to define what worked and what didn't work uh, and what made this brand unique. Well, oh, but what was the net effect? So after you delivered this, uh, you know, this new branding message and then they were able to implement it, how has that affected their bottom line? Like what changes did you see in their organization after you got involved and handed everything off to them? So what number one really happened is consistency. A lot more consistency in, I'm not meaning sameness, but consistency in the kind of, in the way they were communicating from the way they wrote language uh, to way that things were visually expressed. Even, you know, to every touch point, the packaging, you know, the interaction on a video, the interaction on an e-commerce site, interaction in an in-store environment. It all started to sort of fit together where before it was a little bit disjointed. And what was also interesting, it also then led to some interesting things in a product development because they said, okay, since fun is part of what we do, how does that manifest itself in a product experience, even whether it's packaging or application or that kind of thing? So it was really, really interesting to see that, see that work. And I will tell you that it, the, the brand has grown quite steadily and nicely and still has a very unique position in the marketplace uh, because not only because it's distinct, but because they do it a little bit in a different way. You know, what's really cool about uh, about going through stories like that is you can actually pick out, you know, some of the key points, some of the key milestones of like when 
when you got involved and what you needed to have changed, you know, in order for your work to be effective. And I think that um, um, I've worked with some companies that, you know, like frankly, haven't taken my advice and I'll follow up with them, right? I'll follow up with them, you know, a couple of years later, like, you know, just to see if they did something with it. And normally they don't, like they ended up being stagnant. And the ones that do end up taking advantage of the work, frankly, that they paid for, right, are the ones that usually do a lot better, right? So you want to make sure that you're bringing in clients that can, um, that are not only willing to take on the experience, but are open to it as well, right? Because you you definitely need them to, you need them to take action on the work that, uh, on the work that you're doing for them. Yeah, 100%. And I will tell you what often happens, too often, is a client says, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to do this, I need to do this, and you, you do it, and then they don't use it, right? Because they said they felt they need to do it. Obviously, very unfulfilling as an agency, but, uh, you know, again, you know, it doesn't, it serves the client well as well if they don't follow it. And again, there are the examples, you know, we, we work currently with a global company um, in the, uh, let's say, the craft business. Uh, craft, not a retailer. And uh, we, 12 years ago, uh, we did a very globally well-known identity and then built really three brand platforms for the three big brands, and they're still using it. It's still using it today. And it's cool to see because, again, they have a very clear idea of the differences between the three big brands underneath this company, and they continue to evolve with that. So, you know, what was relevant 12 years ago is a little different today, but the overall brand personalities have not changed, nor should they, because they were really based on research that were based on differences in the way the products worked, et cetera. So it's cool to see it, see it works, you know, and um, like I said, it's it's not stagnant. It should evolve. But you can start again with the basic precept of what you know differentiates. You know, that's probably uh, that's probably one of the key points as well, is that you should be able to uh, you should be delivering for them a product, a brand strategy, you know, like in an, in an actual roadmap that you can go off the beaten path a little bit. You know, you can make a detour here and there, come back. And as long as you're you know, the overall scope remains the same, that you're still selling basically the same product, you should be able to offer them a a product that they can, you know, that they can move forward with. And if you can get them to use that five, 10 years into the future, boom, you've done your job. And the other key thing about that too, Jeff, is that it's when they want to do something different than they do. So like I said, I'm an apple, I want to be an orange. Can I be an orange? So what to do, there's elements of that apple you got to bring over into that orange to make it work or it's not your brand. You can't just be, you know, hey, I want to do something totally different because I want to blow everything up. You can do that, but why not build up the legacy of what's working for you or what you're known for? So, you know, another example, we worked with a a big beer company uh, who actually has uh, uh, their business is based uh, from Europe, but uh, they also have business in Mexico. And they said, hmm, you know, the craft beer business is getting really, really big. Can we make craft beer from Mexico? And first of all, I was like, no. Mexican beer is considered to be nothing like craft beer. But we did a lot of some research and we did some development. We said, you know what? There's a there there to bring those two things together. But it, 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 again, it took some discovery and, and, uh, and some concepting to get there. But again, it starts with what they already were. All right. So they already were identified, you know, with a Mexican presence and um, they also were excellent beer makers. So we're able to bring those two things together. 
What an amazing example. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? Absolutely. So I've uh, got their other website. My uh, company website is thevisualbrand.com. I'm Randy at The Visual Brand. So feel free to reach out to me either way. Same thing. You can find me in the same way on social media. Amazing stuff. Randy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great conversation and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with the audience. I appreciate it as well, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you.